All right. Good morning, everyone. It's so wonderful to see you guys, and uh, just fantastic to start off the day uh, in the Word of God and just in God's presence. And so, turn with me to John chapter thirteen. We're continuing on in our study of the Book of John. Okay, so let's uh, start from verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in this world, he loved them to the end. During supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from, from God and was going back to God, got up from supper and laid aside his garments. And taking the towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. Jesus, answered, Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew, that, he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? <clears throat> you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I, then, if I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And then uh, skip down to verse 34. A new commandment I give, you, I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, I'm reading through this text. You know, today is day uh, maybe uh, uh, 12, 13 of our meeting for EMP, right? Um, and... And I'm reading this, and, I'm, and, and, and you know, as, as we're teaching and going along, and I realize we've already come. Last, you know, yesterday we covered the, uh, you know, what we traditionally would study at, uh, you know, as a Palm Sunday, right? And so Jesus's, you know, entry into Jerusalem. And so you guys all know the narrative. This is, this is like the beginning of the betrayal, right? And 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 the thought just popped up. You know, I don't know about you guys. Uh, maybe for you guys it feels a bit longer, right? <laughs> Someone was saying, I'm, you know, I'm so like optimistic, you know, like time goes by fast for me and everything. And so I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's like it took forever to get here. It's like EMP felt like forever. But for me, as I'm teaching in this narrative, I'm like, like, wow, we're already here. You know what I mean? You've, you've heard the passage many times, you've, you, many Easter's and all that. But like as I'm teaching through this, I, I just, I just, I don't know. There's a part of me that felt like there's going to be a lot more and. And here we are already, to me, it feels like just a few days, and we're already at the, the, you know, 
leading into the crucifixion. The Passion Week has already begun, at least in the narrative that we're teaching. Does that make sense? And so for me, it's like, wow, so fast. You know, I thought it would take longer, a little bit more development till we got here. I don't know if it's the way that John wrote, um, but it was just a great reminder for me that, you know what, like, that's life. Life is like you're going through, you're doing things, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it passes through. I've, I've taught on this, this narrative many times. I'm teaching on it here. Every few years we do the Gospels. And it was just, it was just a passing thought that, wow, we're already here. We're already, we're already back to teaching about the crucifixion and all that. And um, I, I think for me, it was just a kind of, the Lord was just kind of reminding me, you know, even as quickly as you read these passages, even as quickly as the pages turn, even as quickly as it seems like Jesus, we were just talking about, you know, the beginning of Jesus' ministry just a few days ago when he was calling the disciples. And just like that, we're at a place now where his final hour, where his hour has come, the time for his judgment. Effectively, Jesus' public ministry, even, even just, a, you know, seems like just a handful of chapters ago, we were opening with the you know, beginning of his ministry and the fasting. Just like that in this narrative, as it reads, Jesus' public ministry has come to a close. This is effectively the beginning of the end. Within 24 hours of this account, Jesus will be hanging on a cross. It's that fast, right? And uh, I think it's just a quick reminder that even for us, how fast and how fleeting, and, and the scriptures reminds us that our lives are but a vapor, you know? And, and so just really kind of reminded me to focus, to really live our lives for God. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in a day. There's a lot of things that can make a day drawn out or a week drawn out or a month feel drawn out or even the, certainly the past years. But then when you put it all down on paper, you know, our whole lives from the beginning to the end, there are really only just a handful of events, significant turning points that are meaningful, that are lasting. And it's not to say to, to, to minimize, you know, the day to day, like, you know, taking a walk through a nice weather and, you know, smelling the roses and having a nice cup of coffee. Like, I look forward to these things like anyone else. I love these. But really, when it comes to the end in mind, there are only so many events and things that are going to be recorded or, or that you're going to remember or are going to be significant in your life. And, and so just let this be a reminder, as fast as it may seem that just yesterday we were talking about these things and now we're already coming into the closing of Jesus' ministry. Within 24 hours, he's going to be you know, hanging on a cross. Uh, I think it's just a, a poignant reminder for us. Um, Jesus, you know, if you guys remember um, the last time any of you guys went on a business trip, you know, for those of you uh, living with family, like parents, or living with siblings or, or buddies, or, or living with, uh, uh, if you have kids and a family, you guys remember what it was like when you go on a business trip, right? You, you, you got to plan that whole week schedule. And, and usually the last day or two on the last day even, you're, you're packing last minute stuff, making sure all your stuff is, is, is available. And what do you do? You always set aside a little bit of time, don't you? You always, especially if you're going on a long trip, right? For all the busyness and all the packing and all the preparation and everything. Um, can we get more lights up here? I think that'd be great. Um, and, and so what do we do? Even after all that preparation and everything, you always set aside a few hours to have that last meal or to maybe just sit with your kids or sit with your family or maybe go to the airport a little bit early or, or hang out with your friends, get your last meal. And so that's, that's what Jesus is doing here. <clears throat> he knows that everything's coming to end. <clears throat> he has a handful of precious moments left before his crucifixion. And so he's, he's carving out time. He's setting aside time. 
He wants to convey to them a very special message. And that's what he does. He prepares the, uh, uh, he has the, the uh, Passover feast prepared. And he wants an intimate time with his disciples. And he wants to convey and communicate something to them that's dear to his heart. Jesus in verse 3 says, Knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from the Father and was going back to the Father, got up from supper. And he laid aside his garments. And taking a towel, he girded himself. And in verse 5, Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And so you see this just beautiful intimate picture and John is really careful about you know little phrases and commas and periods and just you know it's literally as an eyewitness step by step first he did this then he did that then he poured the water then he got the feet then he washed it and started going down and drying and and so it's just an intimate picture and an intimate image Um, you know there's a lot of uh, you know discussion around this I know some churches and some ministries, they make this a kind of an annual thing or, or sort of like a tradition, servant leaders and things like that. And sometimes it's done publicly. Um, you, know, I, you know, personally, I, I don't think that that's the nature of what's going on here. I, I've always believed that this was something so intimate behind closed doors between people who deeply you know, are committed and caring for each other. And so I've seen people just kind of use this as a kind of a token to say, hey, I just want you to know that I'm humble and that I'm here to serve you. You know what I mean? So, so it's kind of going through the motions, but I, I just see that it's, to me, it's so much deeper. You know, it's so much more intimate. It's, it's, it's something between people who love each other, who would really go the distance for each other, and, and, and they see Jesus as their leader. They see Jesus as their teacher. They see Jesus as their master, you know, in the, in the utmost highest regard. You guys see some of that? That context relationally, all that kind of has to be there. It's not just something like, you know, hey, I'm your house church leader. You know, you know, thanks for joining my house church. You know, this next year, I just want you to know that I'm your servant leader. And so I'm going to, you know, and so I just think there's something. I just feel like it's something intimate behind closed doors between people who are truly committed and dedicated to one another. And in that context, the value and the meaning of what Jesus is doing takes on just another level of understanding. Jesus is their master. Jesus is their, is their Lord. Jesus is their Messiah, their future king. And they'll follow him anywhere to the ends of the earth. And behind closed doors in an intimate setting, Jesus, who is the leader, now becomes the servant. Uh, to understand the context a little bit, you got to remember in this day and age that people are wearing sandals. You know, it's not covered feet like we have today. You have to understand that these are unpaved dirt roads, right? And, and, and oftentimes... The same roads that they would, you know, they would walk on are the same roads that animals and donkeys and, and, and all sorts of uh, uh, farm animals would walk through. And so, and, and bathing wasn't something that was necessarily done on a daily basis. And so you can just imagine walking through these dirt roads, walking through mud, you know, if it's a rainy day or even not, you know, mixed with, you know, other excrements from animals and, and all that. And so the, the feet is the dirtiest part, you know, of the person. And so usually the lowest servants in the household. So you got servants, you know, who take care of, you know, various responsibilities. The lowest one is the one responsible for washing the feet of guests when they come into a home or into a setting. And so Jesus is not just humbling himself. He's not just being a servant. 
He's humbling himself to the absolute lowest in their, in their culture and understanding, uh, uh, you know, in terms of respect and things like that. And he's washing his disciples' feet. So when he's washing the feet, there's legitimate like dirt and grime and stuff uh, coming in between. Um, I think a couple times I have actually had my wa- uh, feet washed. Uh, I think I was uh, in youth group and the youth group teachers had done that. Um, and at the same time, I want to say that it's still quite emotional. You know, I, I mean, just to give it a little bit of context, like with a teacher that I look up to and that I respect and I care for, but not, we're not like tight. I'm not going to like give my life for them. I might take a hit for them, but I'm not going to like jump in front of a car for them or anything like that. Right. But even still, even still, I remember uh, my, my youth group teacher, Charles, uh, uh, you know, we had these, these buckets that we would use for making kimchi. Actually, that's, that's kind of weird. At the church, now being used to wash feet, I'm sure there were different buckets. Um, and they would put some dishwash soap in and warm water, make sure it wasn't cold. And, 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 and they would literally like get your hands in there and in between the toes. And it was quite intimate, a little ticklish. Um, but then you see this guy, your teacher, you know, who, who you're, you're you know, submitted to, committed to, and, and he's down here, and you're up there, and he's down here, and you're, you know, and then it's, it's just, it, it still is quite, uh, 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 even still in that context, it's still quite an intimate, quite a moving, and especially if the heart is in it and all that. Um, and so how much more can you imagine? How much more can you imagine, you know, uh, uh, for Jesus whom the disciples loves and whom the disciples love Jesus to be in that sort of context, I, I think it was deeply moving. I think for Peter, you know, uh, uh, it was a bit too much for Peter. It was a bit emotionally too much for him to bear. And he says, Lord, you're never going to touch the dirtiest part of my body. I'll, I'll never let you, you know, I'll, I'll never let our relationship, like, I, you know, I hold you in, in too high regard. And, and so, Lord, don't, you, you know, you can't wash my feet. And, and, and I think that's quite telling because I think there's sometimes places in our lives you know, certain sins that may, we have, may have committed, uh, certain grievances or things in the past, that, you know, or certain things we're so ashamed of, certain things, you know, we know that God has forgiven us and we're so thankful for the second chance, but then there are areas in our life we feel like, God, it's too painful. Just, just leave that be. I'll, I'll be okay. And the Lord's like, no, no. I love you too much to leave you alone. I love you too much for you to carry that type of baggage in our lives, and sometimes the hardest uh, places to surrender are the places where we have been most deeply hurt. And yet Jesus says, "Give it to me. You know, I love you, and I want to minister to you in that way." And so Jesus, uh, uh, Peter, you know, gives him permission. Um, what's What's fascinating to me is at this point Jesus knows who's going to betray him. At this point, he knows that, you know, Judas is going to betray him to the cross that will lead to his death. And yet, he's there and he washes Judas's feet. Isn't that crazy? Right? I mean, the most intimate, personal teaching of sacrifice, service, and love. And to Jesus, there's no requirement or condition. It's unconditional. His love. There's no, because you did this, I love you. Or because you did this, you know, I, I accept you. 
uh, even for Judas, who he knew would betray him and turn him over, he still had the heart capacity to wash his feet. And it just gives you a glimpse and just shows you the heart, uh, the love that Jesus has for his disciples. Um, he, co- he continues on in verse 14. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, right? If you consider God to be God, Jesus to be the Messiah. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And then it goes on in verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And so Jesus is doing this thing, and they're wondering, why is he acting like the lowest, lowest of servants? It it doesn't make sense, but Jesus says one day it'll make sense. After the crucifixion, after the resurrection, after the beyond a doubt that this is God, this is this is the creator of the universe. He just rose from the dead. God, the creator of the universe, not man, a great teacher, or, or man, the future king of Israel, but God, the creator of the cosmos, of all the universe, planets, galaxies, infinity, comes down in the form of a man and washes the very feet of those he created and then allows them to nail him to the cross. This is spectacular. This is incredible grace. And this is the grace and the love that God calls us to. And so this morning, um, I just want to invite you guys, um, you know, as you, as you come before the Lord, you know, where can we be poured out? You know, Jesus is pouring this water out and he's washing. And the imagery is of Jesus pouring himself out. You know, Jesus is constantly pouring himself out. He's pouring himself in love. He's making himself available, ministering. He pours himself out on the cross, his grace, his blood, his life, his last breath. And so Jesus says to us that if we consider him to be as Lord, that we would also do this and love one another in the same way. And so where this morning, uh, let's, let's, let's bow our heads, really uh, uh, keeping to the 20 minutes, um, and just come before the Lord and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning. And first and foremost, just spend a moment just giving thanks. God, thank you for pouring out yourself for me. You poured out yourself for me so that I could have life, right? And not just Jesus, Messiah, the King, but God of all the universe. God, you're God, right? Even the disciples didn't understand at this point. But when you resurrected, everyone knew the power of the resurrection of God. This is God. This is truly the Son of God. God washed our feet. God poured himself out. And so one, this morning... Revisit and give thanks to God who poured himself out for you. And then two, secondly, this morning, reflect and think back in the last couple years, in the last decade, if you grew up in church or if you grew up in a children's ministry, if your parents, who are the handful of people in your life who who have, like Christ, poured themselves out for your benefit, have poured their lives out as a drink offering unto God, you know, your, your past uh, uh, full-time you know, youth ministers, chosen pastors, uh, 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 pastor of a church, uh, your house church leader, a disciple, or a small group leader, an uncle, you know, or a family member, or a friend. Who, who are people 
that really have modeled and taken this to heart and poured themselves out for you for our benefit so that we can have this experience with God. And then thirdly and lastly this morning, where, where might the Lord be convicting you or inviting you to make yourself as a drink offering, to pour yourselves out, to pour ourselves out, to be a blessing to others, right? You know how it works. God pours blessings upon us and then we take these blessings and we pour it out on others. And if, it doesn't, if, that, if that process doesn't happen, what often happens is the blessings that God pours out in us, whatever it is, whatever you count your blessings for before you go to bed, over time, if that's not poured out to bless others, it becomes stagnant, right? It becomes stale. And so the, the secret for the kingdom of God is, is this ongoing you know, uh, uh, flow you know, from the heavens to you and then to you to pour out to others and then the, it just keeps going and others are blessed. And so this morning, give praise to Jesus for him pouring himself out and modeling and showing. Two, give praise for those in the kingdom that have helped you to grow in your faith and have poured out and you look back and you realize how sacrificial and how you know, uh, uh, committed and how much they gave up. And then three this morning, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Where can you pour out and be a part of the body to bless the greater body of God and model after for others to follow in your footsteps as well? And so let's just meditate on that this morning and then let's come before the Lord in, in a response and worship.